Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. You guys, today's guest is, this is going to be such a fun conversation. I recently met her earlier this year at my business coach's business retreat in Columbus, Ohio. And let's just say that the one session she did at this business retreat has opened up my world in ways I had not anticipated. So as we jump into this conversation, I just encourage you to listen with an open mind because it might just blow your mind a little bit too. Today's guest is Dr. Nicole Garitano, who is a former healthcare provider and professor turned intuitive development facilitator and mentor. She blends her love of science and the practical with her curiosity of the spiritual and mystical to help others understand themselves and their energy better. Dr. Garitano is an expert teacher, author, certified coach, human design expert, and has trained in many energetic healing modalities. Without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Oh, thank you so much, Kaya. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I know this will be a really fun um, discussion and we'll just have to see like exactly where it takes us, right? I know. And I loved jumping into this conversation today because I knew that you were someone that was just open to go with the flow. So I'm also excited to see where this conversation goes. But for those of you that are listening, I actually just had a couple of days ago with Nicole, I booked a one-on-one coaching session with her. That is how much I have been so intrigued by what I've learned from her already. But before we jump into all that goodness, Nicole, I feel like we need to understand some backstory here, like what your origin story is. How does someone go from the nurse, professor, science side of things (laughs) to becoming an intuitive expert specializing in energetic healing? Like, How does that even happen? Yes. Well, that's a really great question. And it's one that I really, I do love delving into it. So The easiest answer is that I actually come from a long line of women that have always been very spiritually curious. So for me, it was something I just kind of saw around me as I was growing up. Um, And I can just remember, you know, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but when I was old enough to like go to the mall, you know, with my friends, um, we'd go into the bookstore and I would be the one in like the new age religion section (laughs) looking at books in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And all my friends would be over, you know, like looking at the babysitter's club or whatever we were reading, you know, at at that point in time, Uh, but all those types of series fiction books. So I've just always had this natural curiosity. And I do feel very thankful that, you know, my mom was always really open to discussing these things with me. You know, I had, um, I actually had a great aunt who could do automatic writing and do some things. And we got, we were able, my brother, my sister and I witnessed some of that when we were growing up. Now on the funny side note, you know, I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school. So there was always this like internal, <laughs> like code within our family of, well, we may talk about this within our family, but we don't go to school. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And um, talk about it. So um, I did know in some way that maybe it could be perceived as taboo. And then as I got older, like even when I was getting my bachelor's degree and took some different classes, it just really opened my mind to all different religions. And really at the end of the day, the commonality between all the different religions or belief systems or whatever you ascribe to, right, for yourself comes back to this whole very human need for a connection to something bigger and greater than us. So at the end of the day, we're all very much connected by this deep need to feel like we're receiving guidance to feel like there's something more to all these things we go through in this life and that there's a reason behind all of it. And so that's probably what really started anchoring in my interest. I can't say in my healthcare role, I had a lot of interesting intuitive things happen with patients where I'd have a dream about a patient and that that would happen the next day. Um, I had a lot of spiritual experiences and the areas that I worked in um, within the hospital. And so even though I kept (laughs) everything nicely siloed, I would say really the breaking point for me starting to merge the two was when my husband and I adopted our daughter. Um, She's Native American. It sent me on a new journey of really digging into her culture so she could grow up, learning more about her culture. And that whole idea of Native spirituality came up. And it just made me start thinking again about all these different pieces that I had learned. And it like reawakened, you know, something that had been just kind of lying dormant um, within me. And that really catapulted um, my further studies and really stepping out and helping, helping women develop their intuition and really connect to their spirituality while still understanding they are a very physical being. Mm, so good. I, I love that story and just hearing how it's all woven together and now even in parenthood, how it's all connected. You know, I I don't maybe this is a silly question, although I I don't believe any questions are are that silly. So, but how would you decipher or explain to someone the difference between spirituality and religion? Yeah, so when I think about religion, I think about a formal structure that's more man-made, right? There's doctrine that was written, there's uh for a better lack of terms like rules and protocol. Um and as human beings, we do like structure, right? So mm-hmm. it's understandable why religion would resonate, you know, for so many people and why we would, would have been raised in certain religious, you know, sex or divisions, so to speak. Spirituality is really like your connection with God, with source, with the universe, whatever you call that higher power for you. So for me, spirituality gets to be more about the relationship, right? And religion is a more formal indoctrinated type of belief system. Okay. Awesome. That totally, totally makes sense. You know, I know you said earlier how growing up, your family knew that some of these discussions were considered a little bit more taboo. (laughs) And I am just venturing to guess that there are some listeners right now that maybe already have their eyebrows raised a little bit that are uncomfortable with this concept. Because as I've even opened up and started talking about, you know, me exploring human design, which is something we'll jump into here in a minute. Like my mom was like, I don't, know if I can buy into that. You know, there's lots of skeptics around there when it comes to talking about spirituality or energetic connections. I guess, how do you approach this conversation with skeptics? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's a pretty easy answer. Skeptics, you know, believe God created the world, right? They follow the Bible or you know, whatever. I want to be really all-inclusive here. So it's not always about the Bible, right? There's different religions that may have other sacred texts that are important to their religion. These were all, again, captured, right, by humans, (laughs) 
by man or by woman, although sometimes we try to make the woman less than a lot of times, you know what I mean, in religion. For me, it's though it, it just gets back to this very simple piece of if you believe God created everything, I believe in a God that wants to connect with everyone. And so he or she or it will find a way to connect with each person at the level they're at in a way that makes sense to them. Mm, okay. There you have it. Okay. So I, I know that one of the things that you talk a lot about in all sorts of these different, you talk about energetic healing modalities. And I know that in human design, you talk we talk a lot about energy. I think before we even get into what human design is, which is something I really want to jump into today, when we talk about energy, help me understand what we mean energy is in this context. Yeah. So a lot of times we're really connected to this idea that we have this physical body. And we do know through science now, you know, they've captured like the light that comes off our being. They have special cameras, special scans they can do, you know, like even within a hospital setting, some of the scans we do are using our energy in conjunction with outside energy to capture these images, to make diagnoses. The way I like to think about it is we have, yes, our very physical human body. Then we also have, for lack of better words, our auric field around us. This is the light that emanates off of our being. We also have, which I think most people are familiar with, they've at least heard of it, our chakra energy centers, you know, that run up the core of our body. When we think about that, they're associated with different colors of light. These are all different colors of the rainbow. They have done scientific studies. Doctors have gone in and looked. We do actually emanate energy off our physical body from these distinct areas uh, that run through our core. So we do have some science to back up this idea of the energy within our body. However, we can think about our physical body and the fact that our physical bodies communicating with our mental body, right, which is then producing emotions or different sensations within, right, this physical body. However, what is causing that? A lot of times it's our environment. It's our interaction with other people. Okay. So there's energy in our environment. I mean, I'm sitting here, we're having this discussion, you know, through microphones, computers, all matter is made up of atoms. Our bodies are made up of atoms <laughs> and cells. So this is very tangible energy that can be measured. We know the desk I'm sitting at is solid, right? Our bodies tend to be more solid, our organs solid, you know, depending on how you manipulate it. But there's all these atoms and energy also floating around us that we can't see. Our human eyes just can't see it. And when you start to actually study, you know, different energetic modalities, you get to start playing with this. So just for everyone listening, you know, if you are a skeptic, you can do little exercises. And one I like to teach people to do early on is if you sit and you concentrate, you can start to feel the energy. You know what I mean? Between your fingers and between your hands. And so an easy way to do that is like to put your hands together as if you were praying, <laughs> right? In that prayer formation. And then you just kind of let your fingertips touch, but you bring your hands out. And I just like to like bend my fingers, you know, so that the tips are in contact. So you're getting that energy flowing just between your hands. Okay. And after you do that for a little while, if you just stop and then you gently start to take your fingers apart, and move them, you can start to feel a level of energy or almost magnetism between them. So this is a great exercise to play with. 
I like to encourage people to do it for longer periods of time and really get into like an intentional meditative state where you want to feel this energy. Okay. The other thing science has shown us that I love, since I love to blend all of these, is that we actually can calm each other. Okay. We, we can get into coherence. Even you and I being virtual right now, we're having an intentional connection. So without knowing it, our energy is connected right now. But science has also shown us like if you have a friend that's really upset and you go to comfort them, if you're in contact with their body, hugging them, even just holding their hand in your calm, within so many minutes of you just being in their presence, skin to skin contact, their heart rate will naturally start to go down. They'll start to calm. And they've actually put heart monitors on people and shown where your heart rate, everything starts to sync up. Your heart starts beating at the same rhythm. That's energy, right? That's the energy. And our, our heart has the same electromagnetic field as the earth that we live on. So it's really mm. no mistake that God that created this earth at a certain electromagnetic field also made sure that our hearts, you know, are at the same electromagnetic field. Like we truly are one collective. We are one as much as we want to, like, as much as we want to say, sometimes we aren't, or we live in a society right now that loves to be divided. You know, there's like people that really love to be divided. One of the reasons we love to be divided and we're like always craving to reconnect or to solve these problems is because we really are all emanating at that same electromagnetic frequency. And we can't change that. It's so interesting to hear you break it down like this because as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, yes, that totally makes sense. And I love how you intersect science in in a way that makes this, okay, this isn't crazy. This isn't so woo-woo. And I, I, I love the term <laughs> woo-woo because don't you, you have a podcast called The Woo Is True, correct? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> and, and I love that. And I think the way that you talk about it does make, I think, people more open-minded and receptive to these concepts because it's not just, I mean, it is rooted in science. And I think using these examples is just such a beautiful way to to, to show that. You know what I was thinking of as you're talking, Nicole? <laughs> It got me thinking about the movie Avatar. Have you seen Avatar? I haven't. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't seen it. I need to watch it apparently. (laughs) I feel like you need to watch it because um, the native people that live on this planet, I can't even remember what it's called off the top of my head, but they have this belief that everything is connected to um, you know, their source and that plants and living beings all have this energy that flows through it. And I just cannot help but think of Avatar as as you talk about energy yes. and the way that it's connected. So I would love, I would love to hear after you watch the movie what your thoughts and perspectives are on it. Yeah. Well, I guarantee if we look into who wrote it, um, they have a lot of these similar beliefs that I've spoken to to even inspire, you know what I mean, a story along those lines. <laughs> Yes. Oh, so good. Do you have a side hustle or business that you're ready to take to the next level? In my opinion, one of the most valuable assets as a business of any size, whether you're just starting out or have been hammering on for years is a website. Whether it's a simple landing page with just the basics or a full-fledged site with a blog and store, having a place where people can search and discover you online makes your business immediately look more credible. If it's the fear of having to fork over thousands of dollars to a professional to build one for you that's holding you back, I have a little secret for you. You can build your own website today without any knowledge of coding or fancy schmancy tech skills using Squarespace. Trust me, if I can do it, so can you. Not only did I build my own Coach Kaya website, but I also built my family's Twistleman Ranch website, the Backroad Cowgirls Digital Series website, 
and countless more using Squarespace's simple, easy to use templates that made it a breeze to get a website launched and ready to welcome new customers. Time to take that business of yours to new levels. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Squarespace today. Okay. So I know that you use different types of modalities in your coaching and your teaching and what you do. Um, but I want to speak to one of the tools specifically that I was first introduced to through you, which is human design. Can you explain what human design is? I'm starting to notice it pop up more in the circles that I'm in and on social media. And I just feel like I'm hearing it talked about more. And I don't know if it's just because of the circles that I'm currently in and it's not actually being talked about as much as I think it is. But for those that have maybe never heard of it, what is what is human design? Yeah, so great question. And you're right. People are talking about it more and more. I've seen an uptick even like in the last year and a half. And I think it's really because when I think about human design, it's like anyone that really loves a good personality, you know, test or assessment or like loves the Enneagram or, you know, Myers-Briggs. It's I feel like human design is all of those things like on steroids because it's so mm-hmm. specific to you. It's almost impossible to get the same results as someone else. So human design in and of itself, and I will preface with, I use it as a tool. So depending on who you talk to that uses human design, some people like live their life a hundred percent by it. I love it as a tool to open up new possibilities for my clients so they can understand some natural gifts and tendencies about themselves. So I always like to say that off the top, but it's actually a combination of the ancient Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah or tree of life, the astrology, Western astrology system that we're all pretty used to hearing about, um, our chakra energy systems, and then elements of quantum uh, physics. And so the man who first brought it forward, you know, the story is like he received this download, you know, so to speak, but he was also um, an academic of sorts, you know, like a mystic. Um, So I do... I do believe in some of the research I've done that it was like a combination of being divinely inspired along with some of his training. You know what I mean? And the things that naturally interested him. Um, What's fun, the fun thing about human design is that it really is based on your place of birth and your time of birth. Okay. So the city you were born in, the state, the country, and the date of your birth, obviously, and your exact time of birth. So this is what makes it super, super unique. And where the elements of astrology come in is that part of what human design is looking at is the exact placement of the sun, the moon, the earth, and all the stars and planets at that exact time of your birth. So from there, there are five types in human design. So I don't know if you want me to get into all of that, or if you want to ask just some high, higher level questions just around human design before we dig in. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd want you to go through the five different types. And I love the way when you talk about, when you talk to us about it, I've even used it now to explain to other people how it works or the five types. You kind of describe the five types as the people within a relay race. Um, so I'd love for you to go over what those five different types are. Yes. So I will go over what they are and then we can use that analogy that I like to use. So I think that'll make more sense in this type of format um, rather than a full-on presentation. So the five types, we have manifestors, we have generators, we have manifesting generators, and then there's projectors and reflectors. So I'll start with manifestors. Manifestors make up about 9% of the population. So with manifestors, they tend to be people that are the idea people. 
Okay, they're here to have lots of ideas. Sometimes they're really complex. Sometimes people aren't ready to hear their ideas yet, Um, but they are. They're really here to have lots of ideas for the rest of us. They're not so much here to actually bring that idea to fruition. So manifestors need a team around them, you know, to really support them in bringing those things to fruition. A lot of times manifestors are like so in love with their own ideas that they can get really upset when other people aren't receptive to their ideas. So they, since they're here to inform us, they're here to inform the rest of us with their ideas. When they're in alignment, they just feel like super peaceful, like everything's going well, my ideas are being acted on. When they're out of alignment, they're going to feel anger. And it's like, it is anger. They go straight from frustration to anger very quickly. It may not be a forward, outward facing anger, but internally, They can harbor some anger because they don't feel like anyone's listening to their ideas. Okay. So then if we transition into the generators, generators make up about 35% of the population and generators are really here to create and build the things. So if we think about the manifester has the idea, a good manifester that is really self-aware will have a good generator in their life on their team that can then bring their idea to fruition. So generators have that sustainable energy, like they have the hustle mentality, which is interesting because the other types that don't have the hustle mentality have actually been conditioned to have the hustle mentality because of our society. So I think that's probably like the biggest revelation people have when I work with them around human design is they're like, oh, you mean I didn't need to be hustling this whole time? You know, or the people that really over hustled and that is in their energy, they're like, see, I knew I should have, I, I knew I could do more. So it just like almost validates the things about us that we felt were mm-hmm. critiqued. You know what I mean? By other people. So for generators, they're here to respond and respond to the ideas, respond to their own ideas, respond to their environment. Um, And when they're in alignment, they feel really, really satisfied because they're working on their projects. Things are getting done. It's like they're checking off that list, you know, one by one. And when they're out of alignment, they're the ones that'll get more frustrated. So for all of these types, whenever you're feeling, you know, frustrated or angry, or when I get to the other types, when we talk about the out of alignment pieces, when you can start to identify that in yourself, then you're you're really able to course correct. You're able to get to the root, you know, a little more quickly like, okay, so what is really frustrating me? Is that of me? Is that from somebody external? Is it because of my environment that I've put myself in? And like, what level of control do I have over correcting this for myself? And so then we don't have to stay out of alignment, you know what I mean? Or in that energy that kind of pulls us away from the things we love um, as long. We can shorten that time frame just by that simple piece of self-awareness. So from generators, then we move into manifesting generators. So they're like the hybrid of the manifester and the generator that I just talked about. I like to call them the great multitaskers because they're here to inform and to respond. When they're in alignment, they will feel peaceful and satisfied. When they're out of alignment, they'll be frustrated and angry. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the piece about a multi, like like being the multitasker with the manifesting generator is that they're here to work on lots of things all at once, but they're not necessarily going to see every project through to fruition. So as a manifesting generator, if you can know that about yourself, it really helps because then you can tell the people around you like, well, I'm going to probably start this. I know I'll, I'll like, peace out and be doing this other thing though, like within two weeks, you know, or this one I'm going to probably see all the way through, or, Hey, I'm just giving you the idea. I have no intention 
of actually helping, you know, with this particular one. So especially in a leadership position, having a team where they can delegate appropriately, but also really mm-hmm. own their energy in that way is, is super important for a manifesting generator. So manifesting generators also make up 35%. So when we think about generators and manifesting generators combined, they make up about 70% of the population. So that's why those of us that are not a generator or manifesting generator tend to be more conditioned by their energy because there's a good chance, you know, if you're not one of those, you're spending time around (laughs) generators and manifesting generators. So when we get to projectors that make up about 20% of the population. And so I'm a projector your projector. And projectors are really here to be the wise guides um, for everyone else. So for projectors, we don't have the hustle energy. We don't have the same amount of energy as the other types. So we're meant to do like really intentional work, um, really focus for like three to four hours a day. So we're not really designed for the typical nine to five jobs, but we are here to guide the other people in those roles. We really love processes and systems and we can almost like shortcut, you know, like we can see that bird's eye view, like the big picture of, well, this person does this and this person does this. And we make sure we're in this environment when we do it, it's going to get done quicker. It's going to be so efficient. You know, it's going to go seamlessly. Everybody's working in their zone of genius. However, projectors need an invitation. (laughs) So while the other types were here to, you know, inform and respond and inform and respond, projectors are actually here to wait for an invitation to be able to provide guidance. So that can be really frustrating um, as a projector. For projectors, when we are in alignment, we just feel like so successful. People see us, they recognize us, they're using our guidance, we're seeing things get done, we're seeing people transform, like just lights us up. We feel so, so good. However, when we're out of alignment, we'll feel really, really bitter. And that bitterness is because we're not feeling seen and heard, and we don't feel like we're adding value at the end of the day. Projectors can also have like a really intense energy. It's like a penetrative energy because we do see people like really deeply. We see situations really deeply. Sometimes people really enjoy that. Sometimes it can be (laughs) off-putting to the people (laughs) that we're around. (laughs) Um, So that's one of the things to fine tune as a projector. Like when is this being invited in versus when should I just listen and not really have a huge opinion, right? Like not offer any guidance. That's like a game. We kind of get to play with ourselves till we find that sweet spot and become really aware of when it's being invited in. So then we have reflectors and reflectors make up 1% of the population. And they are literally here to reflect back to everyone else. So I call them the great evaluators because um, they're like taking in the energy and the whole situation around them. And then After 28 days, because that's their strategy, they have to wait 28 days to make a decision. So if you run your human design and you're listening to this and you're a reflector, first of all, you're super rare because you're in the 1%. Second, I will just say, when I say you have to wait 28 days, it means for big decisions. It doesn't mean like, (laughs) what am I going to eat today? Am I going to take a shower? Um, No, it's not that. It just means because you're you're very prone to taking in the energy of everyone around you. For any big decision, you need to give yourself some time. So you can really check in for yourself around what's the best decision for you. So um, reflectors, when they're in alignment, they feel like really joyful because they really want to be in community um, with other people. They need other people's energy, right? Like that's how they're designed to really soak Mm -hmm. up other people's energy. So they feel really happy and joyful and accepted. You know, they want to be in community. When they're out of alignment, they actually just feel really sad. 
which can lead to some feelings, you know, of like depression and just being disconnected from other people. So to get to the analogy part, when when I teach this, I like to give the example of like, we're running a race, you know, all together, the five types. So, you know, if you're actually there watching a race, like they blow the whistle, right? Or they shoot off the gun, whatever type of race you're at. And the manifestors there at the front of the line. Okay. They're going to do that short sprint. They're going to take off, do that short sprint. They're going to have the baton in their hand. And when they get up there, they're probably going to pass it off to the manifesting generator because the manifesting generator knows the shortcuts, can multitask, right? Knows the workarounds. So they're going to take the baton and run the next little stretch. And then they're going to hand it off to the generator because the generator can go for the long haul, right? And can do all the laps and go around and around and around and complete the race. Okay. And the projector is actually over on the sidelines with the stopwatch because they're the coach. (laughs) They knew where to put everybody so that they had a good shot at winning the race. And then the reflectors are actually in the stands (laughs) watching the race. And based on if they're cheering or if they're booing, they're reflecting back to the rest of us how we're doing and how things are actually going in real time. So that's a nice way to think of how we can all like coexist and play together, really using our natural gifting and our energy in a positive way with each other. Oh, I just think it's so fascinating to hear how all these pieces work, especially as I have explored my own type, but also as I've been exploring the types of the people that are in my life. Uh, My husband, I ran his human design chart and he's a manifesting generator and I'm a projector. And so He has a lot more energy than I do, and he is definitely someone who is constantly working and constantly multitasking, and I have found myself feeling like, oh my gosh, am I a slacker? Because when I get home from work, I I just want to like turn on my music and cook dinner and tune out work stuff, but he's still over here jamming on his computer and learning more about my human design and how to honor my energy has given me this sense of total peace and validation that yeah, he can do that and that's what feels best to him and I can take a break and relax and that's actually the best way to honor what I need. It doesn't mean I'm lazy or a slacker at all. No, it doesn't. And that's actually like a really beautiful reflection because the more you can share that with him, right? Because sometimes the feelings that we get internally, especially as a projector, if we do have less energy, is that we see those around us and we feel like, well, what are they thinking of me? right now. Mm. If I'm off over here listening to music, just, you know, like making dinner, I mean, that still takes effort. (laughs) Sure, You know what I mean? However, we do like, we play this game in our head and we have a whole conversation in our head about, well, he probably thinks I'm not doing as much as him, or he thinks Mm -hmm. I'm not as engaged, you know, with the work that I do. Or if you're caught up in the music and making dinner and you still even have the headspace that he's asking you questions, you know, and getting a little annoyed, maybe because you're not on it, like answering immediately you know, then you'll tell yourself that story. Like, okay, I got to, I got to get some energy here so I can listen to what he's saying. The more you can share with him, you know, like, well, this is my energy level. And I love that this is who you are. You know, this is great Mm -hmm. for you. And then these are the, this is where I need space and time. And I know I've had to do that just in my house. You know, my husband's a generator, my daughter's a generator. Um, So it's a lot of energy for this projector every day, day in and day out. And especially as we got into the pandemic and we were all home together. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, that was really hard for me. I already worked from home primarily. Even when I was in academia, I taught a lot of online classes. It's, it was really difficult for me energetically like to share the space 
24 seven. Um, I had to really be intentional and create like time where I would break away and go into another room to read for a while, or, you know, I'm going to go get a shower. I'll probably be gone an hour, not like just 15 minutes, you know, to get a shower. Cause I was just having to learn to build in that really intentional time to honor it, you know, honor myself. And I wasn't really bringing my best energy to the rest of the household yeah. if I wasn't honoring that. And it wasn't always easy. You know, my husband at times was like, you already took a break. <laughs> Why do you need another break? You know, and I'd have to say, well, because this is how I'm feeling today. And, you know, my daughter would want to follow me. She's still like first grade age. So, you know, in, in the pandemic hit, she was still kind of preschool. So, you know, then she was like following me everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you add like pets in following you. So <laughs> children, pets, you know, I'm like, do I ever get any time to myself? But it did force me to like really speak up for myself too and own my energy in a new way that I just hadn't had to do prior to that. Mm. You know, I, I I feel like maybe I should have asked this question earlier on, even before we jumped into the description, but I know there's some people listening right now that are like, okay, this is interesting, but what the heck am I? And so I know that you right. had mentioned earlier that our human design is determined by the location and exact time that we were born. Where can people go to do a quick search just to, to understand at least what type they are to get started? Yeah. So usually you can go to jovianarchive.com and I can definitely send you um, that link so that Perfect. others- We can put it in the show can, notes. Yes. I prefer, There's you could just Google it. Oh, don't get me wrong. However, I like that particular website because- they don't make you put in your email or a lot of identifying information. They're not really collecting anything from you. So it's just a nice one to go and get that. Um, it's called a body graph. When you put your information in, you'll get like a printout that looks like a little body and shows your energy centers. That's just a nice way to get that overview for yourself if you're going to you know, start investigating um, mm -hmm. your own type. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's great. We'll make sure that that's linked in the show notes. So if you want to click on that and plug in your information, you will need to know the exact minute of day that you were born. I had to look on my birth certificate because I did not know that information. Um, but it's just a great place to start just to kind of start exploring what this all means for you. I think even just understanding your type, which is still very high level, it's a very complex system I'm, I'm <laughs> learning, but it's just a great place to start getting curious. And man, I have just, I guess I would say that I have become more spiritually curious in the past few months. Mm -hmm. And human design has been a really interesting place for me to explore that. And this last year, I know I've talked about it on earlier episodes here, is that I ha was navigating a very severe season of burnout this last year. And I'm my own boss. And so I got to this point where I'm like, what is going on with me? I definitely felt misaligned. Like that's the perfect way to explain it. But I couldn't pinpoint why or where or what was going on for me. And I think that learning about this human design and realizing that I'm a projector. Cause I remember going through it with you originally. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm definitely a manifesting generator. You know, like I have lots of ideas and I get stuff done and it hit me that no, I'm not. And that's why I felt so off. I have just been, I know you mentioned this earlier. I have been conditioned by the culture and society that we live in here in America. We celebrate people that work hard and that hustle. It is how we are raised and formatted to be even through school. You know, we go to school for eight hours a day and it's a lot. And, and I realized that I was creating a business for a generator, not a business for a projector. And I remember, you know, in hindsight, looking back and having those moments where I felt 
almost guilty or shameful for taking my slow mornings because, you know, I liked waking up in the morning and, you know, having my cup of coffee and getting a workout in and sitting, you know, with my candle and reading and journaling and maybe not getting to like work, work stuff until maybe 9 a.m. Meanwhile, my husband, you know, he's, he's off to the office. And I would think, oh my gosh, am I not a good business owner? And, you know, I want to take a couple hours in the middle of the day to go for a walk outside. And gosh, what is, am, am I a slacker? And oh my gosh, it made me realize that no, that was just me intuitively taking care of myself. And when I tried to work myself out of that, that's what created so much severe burnout in my life. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting too, because you'll have the conditioning and you being a projector with the ability to absorb energy from people Mm -hmm. around you, it doesn't surprise me with your husband being a manifesting generator that you thought when you first heard about the types that you would be one. Mm -hmm. The person you're probably spending the most time with, right? That you're Mm -hmm. married to, you identified with that. And that could be a piece of it, right? That you're in his energy so often. And that was kind of like catapulting you further. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to point out just for people listening, I'll keep it really simple. When you're a projector, a reflector, a manifester, you, you tend to feel the energy of other people in a different way and the, in the environment, um, a different way. It's almost like you're more attuned to it. So whether you are aware that you're attuned to it or not, it can really be depleting, but we also sometimes use it. Like we don't know Mm -hmm. it, but it like, feeds our drive. You know, it gives us the extra energy or boost that we need and we'll grab onto it and we'll go and we'll do a lot of work. But then Kaya, as you were saying perfectly, then you're really tired. (laughs) You start Mm -hmm. feeling like, and then doing it cyclically, right. And on repetition, you realize you were getting really burned out at the end of the day. So just to keep that in mind, if this is your, if you're listening at your first exposure to human design, if you, if you're someone that does feel tired, you know, after you're around other people, Um, There's lots of like just simple energetic practices you can do, even if you don't ever explore um, your human design. You know, I like to either get time alone after I've been around a lot of people, or you can physically like just in your mind, picture that cord that what was that was connecting you to their energy, just cut that cord, not in a bad way. You know, sometimes cord cutting is thought of as I got to get rid of that person. And yes, you can Mm -hmm. use it that way. You also can just use it as a way to disconnect, (laughs) you know, from the party you were just at or the the lunch, you know, you met a friend for lunch. Um, That can be really protective for ourselves so that we're always owning our own energy and giving back to all the other people in our lives, what really belongs to them. Mm -hmm. Mm, So good. So good. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. Some other epiphanies that I had too, and not all these are going to maybe resonate with other people because, as you mentioned, we're all different types, and even within different types, I mean, 
there's so many differences in, in amidst it. But I remember when I was learning about mine in terms of like we need our time away from people in our in our alone time. And growing up, I've always considered myself a total extroverted, outgoing people person. Like I love people and I feed off of their energy. And now I understand that that actually is is factually true. I do feed off of their energy. Um, it's not just metaphorical. But I also understand now why if I, let's say that I go and I speak at two events back to back in a week, I understand why my body sometimes gets sick. Like I will physically get sick after being on for so long. And it's because my body is trying to say, you need time away. You need space to to recoup and rejuvenate. And I feel like it was so counterintuitive to the way I always considered myself. I always thought like, well, I love being around people all the time. And I think now as I learn more about myself, I'm realizing how precious alone time is for me, how healing alone time is for me. And it's almost like I'm rediscovering who I am a little bit in that because I never really understood how true that was for me until honestly this last year. And I'm almost 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I love that you brought that up because one of the one of the concepts I really try to work with with my clients is this idea of the continuum. You know, our energy runs on a continuum. So you this is a great example, like introvert, extrovert, right? I believe we're all both. It's both and. We've been told by society, like, oh, mm. you're more extroverted. Oh, you're more, more introverted. You know, we have, like I said, the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, all these other sources that want to tell us that we're an extrovert or we're an introvert. And what I know to be true is I'm both. You're learning that you're actually both. And to really live in balance, we need a little bit of both. We may naturally sway on the continuum one way or another, but someone that says I'm totally extroverted and they always need to be around other people, well, that can become a problem. Just like when we have the introvert that goes way too far you know, to the opposite end of the continuum, if they never want to be around people, if they're locked away in their house all the time, right? that's where we can start to see the dis-ease in the body and the mind. When we're like, I'm so this way, and this is how things always have to be. No, it's a continuum. So how do you learn to be on that Mm -hmm. continuum? You grow in self-awareness. You grow in knowing which environment you thrive in, right? You start to realize like, hey, after I'm at that family party, I do need to come home and be alone for a little bit. You know, go lock myself in in my study, you know, or stay up after everybody else has gone to bed. And just watch a show and decompress. But it's a both and. And so many times we're not given permission to be both and. We're given an identity. And then we think we have to assume that because we were told that in some way by a parent, mm. by a teacher, by a by a test um, that we took at some point. And really on this human journey, like we are constantly growing and evolving. So who's to say we're always going to be an extrovert or we're always going to be an introvert? Mm. We get to be mm-hmm. both and. And that means the whole spectrum, the whole continuum. You get to be whatever you want to be on that continuum every day. Yes. I love that perspective because, man, and I think I've talked about it before in an episode, but we place ourselves in boxes and we put labels on ourselves, whether someone told us that, or like you said, we took one personality test somewhere one time on Facebook and it told us this thing and we're like, okay, well, that's true. Now I'm going to believe that forever. And we never question the identities or labels we created for ourselves. And I feel like we kind of sometimes lose our sense of curiosity 
and sense of pliability as it comes to like who we are and what's best for us. And I love considering that it's both, that it is this continuum. And I just think embracing endless curiosity about ourselves is really something that I want to continue to do in my own life because man, it is opening up my world so much just in the last year as it relates to how I show up in business, how I show up as a wife, how I show up as a aunt with my friends, um, with total strangers. It's It's been so, so eye-opening and I just feel like I'm in this rediscovery phase. I don't know if there's another word to describe it, but that's what I'm going to call it for right now. You know, I know other things that you talk a lot about, and I think human design is a tool in which you use this with, but maybe in other ways too. You talk a lot about intuition. And, you know, I'd kind of love to ask you, I guess, I guess sometimes I feel like some people are more in tune with themselves and more intuitive than others or more trusting of themselves than others. I wonder if that is something, is that something that we get deconditioned out of us when we're younger or how do we become more in tune? with ourselves intuitively? Yeah, that is a great question. So what I know to be true, just from everything I've studied, is we all are intuitive. We're born intuitive. It is conditioned out of us over a period of time. I tend to think usually by age seven to eight, we're really taught in our school system by that point not to trust it anymore right? We're following a routine every day. We're learning from books. We're all learning the same way. We're being taught to conform. You know what I mean? In a certain way. So what I do with my clients is it's more about like a remembering. We remember how to follow our intuition. And I know like everybody has it because we can all talk about coincidences, right? Don't we have those great stories of, oh my gosh, I thought of this person. I haven't seen them in years. I went to the grocery there they were, you know, but we tell it like, oh my gosh, what would be the chances? We never really stop to say, oh, I got that inner knowing. Like I received that and then it happened. Although Mm -hmm. you have evidence then right in front of you that you have intuition, we don't really even look at it that way anymore. So part of what I do when I do work with people around developing their intuition is number one, it's a remembering. And there's unique ways that people tap into their inner knowing. So I just help people rediscover that for themselves because we all have a very natural way. So, you know, some easy ways that people listening could relate are you get that gut feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Something's going to happen. It could be dread. It could be excitement, you know, or you get like a thought that passes through your mind, right? Or you see something on TV or when you're driving and it like sparks something and then that thing happens. Um, there's all different ways, you know, you can, some people smell something that reminds them of their childhood. Right. And it's like, right when they needed to smell that thing, although when they look around their surroundings, they're like, where would that smell have even come from? I'm not even in a space where I should be smelling that smell. Um, and so many times we just discount it. Like it happens. We're like, Oh, that's kind of cool. We might tell a couple people and then it's just gone. However, when we get really intentional around, I want to receive the guidance, I want to trust my inner knowing, then, you know, we can start to develop practices in our daily lives, like really practical practices that help open that up for ourselves. Mm. Um, So that's why I love like this blending, you know what I mean, of the practical and then more of the spiritual side or this trust, right? Like this, and really for me, it's helping women develop radical self-trust 
you know, mm-hmm. that there is guidance available and that the answers are already inside you. I'm a huge believer in that. The answers are already inside you. That's why like I call myself a coach sometimes, but I really just feel like I'm more of a facilitator, a mentor, because I know the answers are already inside you. I'm just helping you remember them and pull them out and make meaning out of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I do say that's counterintuitive maybe to the general public is I love when I've completed my work with a client. <laughs> you know, I know sometimes we're taught in this industry, like, well, if you have really good clients, you want to hang on to them, you know? And for me, I'm like, well, no, like when they've achieved what they need to achieve, they go use it for themselves. They don't, they don't need me anymore. I mean, we can stay in contact, but I don't, I never feel this push to like, just keep developing the next program, the next program, the next program. I view the work I do more as like this ripple effect because Mm -hmm. each person I impact takes that knowledge for themselves and then they use it in their personal life or their business. And then other people are impacted by what they've learned. So I view my role more as like the ripple, (laughs) the ripple maker, um, you know, and the work that I do. So you know, a practical way to start tapping into your intuition. If people are like curious, I always um, tell my clients, start with just low bar, easy things. Okay. So a real easy exercise you can do is write like, yes, on a slip of paper and write no on a slip of paper. And you can either fold them up, just fold them up identically or flip them over. The idea is you don't want to know which one says yes and which one says no, Mm -hmm. but you could start with really easy things, you know, like what am I going to eat for lunch? You know, am I going to eat the turkey sandwich, (laughs) you know, or am I going to heat up the leftovers, you know, from dinner? But the idea is that you just get intentional and you hold the piece of paper. And then you start to notice, like, how do I feel while I'm holding this piece of paper? Am I getting thoughts? Am I getting a feeling? And you hold each one. And then you look at the one that you have the best feeling toward and you follow it. Right. Mm. So I always love to do this around food or just the simple things, decisions we're making, because, you know, like food, if you eat that and it's really satisfying and like, it doesn't cause you any issue after you eat it, that's like the little piece of evidence that you followed it. You know, you followed what was coming through and everything went smoothly. You were being guided, you know, Mm -hmm. you could play the game of, I'm going to go ahead and eat the thing that I was told not to eat and then see how you feel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Later in the day. But I know the people I work with, our human minds love evidence. We really want the why and we want to know how. And that's perfect. Like that's why we're here, (laughs) having a very human experience. So these are ways to collect that for our human mind so that then we can begin just to trust more more automatically. You know, you need Mm -hmm. less and less evidence after you've collected enough. Like it's the tipping point, right? You collect Mm -hmm. enough evidence and then you're like, no, now I just trust. I just trust I'm being guided. So beautiful. One of my goals and intentions for um, this new year is to trust myself deeply. I feel like I that's something that I really want to focus on fostering. Like I lost that a little bit over the years. And um, so I'm excited to put some of these practices into place. I was actually just thinking, I'm like, okay, how can I use this yes or no activity today for one of my simple decisions and just see how it goes? So I'll have to report back to you, Nicole, on how that is. One of the questions that I ask all of my guests on this show, because my show is called Climbing, and it's really because I feel like life is like climbing a series of mountain ranges with lots of highs and lots of lows. 
And in different seasons, there's probably different mountains that we're climbing. So I'm curious for you, Nicole, what is a mountain that you are currently climbing in your life or your career? Yeah. So I would say for me, I have been climbing this mountain of um, like solopreneurship Mm. for a while, for a while. And I mean, like truly solopreneur, you know, I don't have a team. Um, I do everything in my business and I've really had to like work my business differently, knowing I'm a projector. And in some ways it's been challenging and in other ways it's been really beautiful because I know what I'm building isn't like anything else out there because I'm not doing what all the gurus on Facebook say, or, Mm -hmm. you know, all the emails that we get. If you have your own business, I'm not doing everything the way we've been told um, to do it. And I'm still having like my many successes and it's all at a pace that works for me. I will say the tension in that climb, you know, every single day is, gosh, do I go back at some point, you know, to Mm -hmm. academia or healthcare you know, would the work I've been doing thus far in my business really serve me in a whole new way in some of those areas and had a really interesting experience even in the past month where I was offered a CEO role for a smaller nonprofit just here locally. So not an over the top CEO role. It was a total invitation. They reached out to me. That's how the interview process got started. Um, So as a projector, it was an invitation. So I'm like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. interesting. I should see this through. And my intuition just told me as I got into it every step of the way, like, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. This isn't for you. And then let me tell you, my practical, logical mind was like, this is so tempting. (laughs) (laughs) It's reliable. It's very consistent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I could still use all my skill sets. I mean, I could have totally talked myself into it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And I turned it down and and have followed my intuition in that way. And so it's not to say that there's not wobbles, you know, when you're following your intuition. However, I felt so peaceful after I told them no. Mm. Like it was like a huge anxiety was lifted. So I just knew how I felt inside my body totally changed, which was then the evidence that I needed, that I made the right decision. And I feel like even just since then, over the last few weeks, I've had such a surge of ideas like for my business or things I do want to offer. And kind of like you were saying, you're thinking about 2023. I know where I want my body of work um, to go in 2023. And I'm really excited about that. And in many ways, it feels more aligned than it's felt Mm. in years past. And I'm not sure I would have that if I hadn't been so clear in my no to that opportunity. Mm. I so admire that level of self-trust that you fostered with yourself. Even just hearing you say that about, I could have totally talked myself into it. And I feel like in a way we gaslight our feelings sometimes and talk ourselves out of them being real or telling us something. And we use our head to override the feeling or sensation in our body or in our heart. And I know that's true for me. And so I just so, so admire that level of self-trust and turning down something that could have sounded like a really great opportunity. Yes. I'm not saying it pleased everyone around me. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And also being able to trust ourselves enough to to make those decisions without worrying about everybody else around us. Gosh, that is something I am working on as a recovering people pleaser. So that resonates so deeply with me. Well, Nicole, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today, and I hope that our listeners have. Um, maybe they're intrigued to explore more of this human design 
intuitive, energetic work and practice for themselves. And I'd love for you to share where, if they want to hear more of you or learn more from you, where can they connect with you? Yes. So my website is currently under construction. So I do have a link tree um, link that I'll give to you to put in the show notes, but it's really just in Garitano, like the link tree slash in Garitano. So new website coming very soon. Um, I am on Instagram on and off. A great place to follow me is I'm a teacher on Insight Timer. Um, So you can just look up Dr. Nicole Garitano on Insight Timer. And then you can have access to all my free meditations. Um, I go live on there once a month and um, give free intuitive guidance. It's just a free event that I put on um, each month. So that's a really I just feel like fun way um, where I really get to serve and support you and add value. So I love doing things on Insight Timer. Like I said, kind of been bucking the trend of being on uh, Facebook and <laughs> all over social media. Um, so I would say those are the best ways. And you can always just email me, Nicole at NicoleGaritano.com. I do respond to all my emails personally. Amazing. We will make sure to have all of those links down in the show notes. You guys can check out all the goodness that Nicole shares with the world. I know that what she teaches has already helped me so, so much as I rediscover myself and who I am. And I cannot thank you enough for that. Truly, truly, Nicole, I so appreciate what you do in the world. And thank you so much, sweet listeners, for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.